are seven business in this family. Gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 151, a podcast that talks about movies, television, pop culture in the midst of a world burning around us. COVID's back. Hey, oh, I'm your host, uh, your gluttonous, lustful host, Carter Sims. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. He's not the devil. He's just a man. It's Jackson McHuron. Hello, buddy boy. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. Uh, we are talking today, uh, RCR Top 100, uh, seven today, which is mm-hmm. exciting, uh, in the midst of uh, The Killer coming out soon, the new David Fincher movie, uh, getting good reviews out of film festivals. So uh, we're going to be tackling that today, and it's going to be exciting. A few uh, housekeeping things at the top here. First of all, Jackson, who won the MCU draft from last week, buddy? I think we tied. Yeah. <laughs> Go us. Um, Go us. Thanks for voting in that. Uh, thanks for listening and tuning into that. And uh, if you're listening, at our friends at Film Yap are listening. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome. And make sure if you're listening somewhere else on Spotify, keep doing that. But if you're listening on Film Yap, go follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but preferably Spotify so we can track our numbers and see who's listening to us and stuff like that. So go check us out there, subscribe and all that fun stuff. Um, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Should we get into it, Jackson? Let's do it, Carter. Tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. Ooh, you flipped the script on me because I was going to ask know. you. Damn. Um, What was I into this week? Well, uh, the first thing I was into is I went to see Dumb Money this nice. week. Mm-hmm. and it was good i i don't know if i was like i think the big short was looming over me a little bit so i was like mm-hmm. wanting a little more like bite to it but it was still pretty solid i enjoyed it lots of fun performances um paul dano is our king we love him so he was wonderful uh then yesterday jackson lauren and i went to see a haunting in venice and so here's what happened maybe she doesn't want me telling this full story on the podcast but i'm gonna um, she saw a TikTok ad for a haunting in Venice and she's like, Ooh, I want to see that. And then I was like, are you sure? Cause Lauren's not a big scary movie gal. I was like, are you sure it's going to be a, a little spooky? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So we go and we're watching the movie and it's not going well. Lauren's super scared. Um, I'm enjoying myself. It's pretty good. It's a definitely an upgrade from a death on the Nile. Um, yeah, so is it like actually a horror movie like is it actually scary uh there's there are definitely jump scares there's definitely mm-hmm. moments uh Branagh's doing some cool stuff with the camera in the movie the like mm-hmm. he, he places it in unsettling spots and there's like all these dutch angles and stuff which cool. is kind of cool and there's like some like shaky cam stuff so it's definitely more entertaining than previous uh these poro movies so mm-hmm. there are definitely some moments that were scary but I wouldn't consider it like a horror movie. If you get my drift, it's a, it's a murder mystery for sure. Uh, and it was, uh, it was fun. I will say Tina Fey was uh, not doing it for me, which is unfortunate. So really? Okay. Was she the worst of the, of the bunch? Was she the Gal Gadot of this one? I, yeah, I mean, I think she was just miscast. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like she was trying to do like this, like 
1940s ah, I'm a kind of girl. Oh, you no. Know? Okay. <laughs> and I, it wasn't really working for me. But other than that, I kind of enjoyed myself. I think it was just a fine movie. So, but Lauren was like, I was like, how about you let me tell you if you're going to be scared at a movie? Because <laughs> then, because I was like, what made you want to go see it? And she was like, I don't know. I didn't really see the ad. I just saw it. And I was like, let's do it. So she I think she saw really Tina see Fey. the ad. She just saw a part of it. I know. I think she saw Tina Fey and was like, yep, that'll <laughs> do. So, so yeah, that's uh, what I checked out. Uh, and then finally, uh, I checked out this movie. I don't really know if I'm pronouncing it right. Like Teton or Titan. It's 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 Titan? the French Titan. Yeah, yeah, it's the French movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was like almost up for an Oscar. It was going to be Frank mm-hmm. Francis submission, but then they didn't submit it. Uh, this was one of the most fucked up squeamish movies I've ever seen. Really? Okay. Um, and I'm watching it now because Letterbox added a bunch of lists and mm-hmm. um to the stats page and Palm Door winners is on there now. And this won the Palm Door at Cannes in 2021. So I checked it out and I can't really explain this movie. Um, I don't know if I would suggest you and Bebo watch it, but it's a really it is on our wheel of reel. So we will eventually get to it. Wonderful. But... It's the we- one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen mm-hmm. while also being like, I found it good. It, it, like it won me over at the end. So I don't know. It's really wild. I can't even describe it to you. Mm-hmm. It'll just be a th- go into it knowing nothing. Cause that's what I did. I didn't really know anything. So that's what I was into this week. Uh, what about you, buddy? You said you've been into a lot. I have been into a lot. Uh, not counting seven. I watched uh, mm. one, two, three, four, five other movies. Uh, oh. Starting with uh, they clone Tyrone on Netflix. Mm. I finally got around to that. Um, it was pretty good. I think John Boyega is so much better than star Wars. Oh, uh, yes. It's not even funny. Um, the cinematography for that movie was really impressive. Like it, I don't know if it was shot on film, but it feels like it was shot on film. Like, so whatever they did to it, gave it like a really nice nostalgic kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, the story was a, a little lacking for me. It wasn't really, um, enough of what I wanted and it gets kind of super weird, almost too weird that it kind of jumps the shark a little bit at the end, but, True. um, I did enjoy it. I think there was a Monica Rambeau, the actress who plays Monica Rambeau is in it and she's really good. And of mm-hmm. course you get some really good, um, Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie Fox. Yeah, he's a great. And, and and that stuff's pretty pretty cool. Um I checked out Elemental. Uh it just got added to Disney Plus. I think mm-hmm. it was cute. Um Super again, kind of trying to do too much stuff. I don't know. I I think the like immigrant story was really cool. And then they kind of just like abandoned that for something else that was still like substantive, but like I don't know. I don't it just wasn't gripping me, I guess. Like the whole like flood storyline or whatever. It was so whatever. Yeah. Um I just didn't it just didn't really hit for me. But it was kind of cool getting back to like a Pixar movie where it's not flooded with um just like A-list actors. It's just kind of like a bunch of like new faces. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I did. I thought that was cool. I think I don't know how I feel about the animation style because while it was like trying to do really like it has to do really simple things to then do really complex things within it so like the fire was like kind of weird but like it looked interesting and the water character was fine but like the light that would like would would refract inside of him was like really complex and neat and i thought that was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. but it just like wasn't really doing a whole lot um then i checked out on paramount plus uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and that was so fun uh i am a ninja turtles kid and i kind of just grew away from it as i got older but like it was kind of cool to like go back into that nostalgic uh inner child stuff that was great i'm a donatello stan all the way through and he's great (laughs) he's super fun in this and like the chemistry is so good you actually have 
real teenagers voicing the cast, like voicing the the turtles and stuff. So that was neat. Um, then uh, I checked out The Mist, and The Mist Carter is yeah. so fucking good, dude. <laughs> I I gave it like three and a half, but th- this is like truly one of the most fun three and a halves I've ever had. I might bump it up. Who knows? Oh, um, let's the go. Effect, the effects are not good. Um, that is like the biggest like miss with it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like maybe if they leaned into more practical effects, it could be something. But it's like this weird like two thousand and I want to say seven movie mm-hmm. that feels like it was shot in like the early nineties almost. <laughs> like the production value <laughs> just makes it feel like it's a nineties movie. Yeah. Uh, just like this like into the world like the movie that takes place inside of a grocery store and you have just like some really fun uh like toby jones is in the movie and he's doing a lot and then there's like three or four actors that are in the walking dead uh that like you may be familiar (laughs) with that are like in it and it's it's pretty cool and the ending just might be one of the most tragic endings i've ever seen in a movie and it has sat with me this whole time. I just keep thinking about that movie. Like the ending was so crazy. And apparently Abby told me that um, the ending, the book ending is different. Like Stephen King went with a different, like a different direction with it. I don't know what he did, but uh, I guess he's, he's gone on record saying that he's so mad that he didn't come up with that ending. Cause it's so good. And it's such a <laughs> great way to end that story. Um, and yeah, that, that stuff was crazy. And then finally last night uh, we checked out bottoms in theaters <laughs> Yes. And that was super fun. Yes. Uh, the theater experience was great because it was full of like everyone was just like queer and cool and really nice. And yep. at one point, the Willy Wonka trailer came on and everybody did the flip that reverse it uh, like bit. And everyone was just <laughs> laughing at the trailer, which was so funny. Um, it was just a good experience. Marshawn Lynch is great. And it yes, is the wonderful. year of uh, A.O. Edabari. And it's just it's a good time. I'm a fan. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah, my theater experience was super fun with that too. Kind of the same mm-hmm. vibe and the same demographic, just people yeah. having fun at the theater. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good, really fun. But yeah, that's what I've been into this week. Amazing. Good stuff. Well, let's get right into it then, Jackson, with uh, I'm ready for my close up. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. And today, as mentioned earlier, we are discussing seven Detective William Somerset is looking for a way out. You're retiring. Six more days and you're all the way gone. So how long have you lived here? Too long. Detective David Mills is looking for a way in. We'll be spending every waking hour together from now until the time I leave. I'll show you who your friends and enemies are. Look, I will come inside five years. Not here. Now, is he too? We have ourselves a homicide. They're caught in a game. No fingerprints, no witnesses of any kind. Nope. About the only thing we know about that guy right now is he's totally insane. Where the price of sin is death. There are seven deadly sins. Gluttony. You're going to come take a look at this. Greed. No one touches anything. Sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Seven. You can expect five more of these. This guy's methodical, exacting, and worst of all, patient. He's laughing at us. He had a gun. He's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Let's finish it. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you ever seen anything like this? 
1997. From 1995, directed by David Fincher, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who is also uh, writing the script for The Killer. It's their first reunion. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Fincher and Kevin Walker since Seven, which is super That's cool. That's nice. Um, so if that gives you a vibe of what maybe The Killer is going to be, super into that. Um, the synopsis, two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives, starring Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Arlie Ermey, and maybe I shouldn't say the name that we're all thinking because they don't <laughs> say it in the opening credits, which is fun. Um, I don't know if you noticed that when you watched it to not give away the surprise, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they don't do that. But anyway, it's Kevin Spacey. We'll talk about him later. Boy. <laughs> Um, with a budget of $33 million, this movie made $100 million worldwide, which is pretty solid. And mm-hmm. that's just not happening anymore. You're not getting movies like these that are making $100 million in the theaters. They're just going to Netflix, which is a bummer, and not going yeah. to the theater. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, Jackson, you said you said you didn't know if you'd seen it before, but then the first scene happened. You were like, yeah, I've seen this, right? Yeah, I remembered uh, the first time I attempted to watch this, and that was <laughs> sophomore year of college. I remember I uh, it brought back so many memories when I saw the scene. I was like, oh, yeah, I went to the food hall. I grabbed a meal, brought it back. I was like, let's put on a good movie. I hear this one's pretty great. <laughs> and then I got to like the gluttony corpse, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not hungry, actually. This is really <laughs> just like not pleasant. Like they, The gore with the bodies is... They do not hold back. And so I stopped watching it because I was very fair. Yeah, (laughs) I it's one of those where I can't remember the first time I watched Mm it. I think it was probably like on cable, like HBO or Showtime Mm -hmm. or something like late at night in high school where I watched it. But I also had the same reaction where I was like, oh, what am I in for? I thought this was just like, you know, a Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman movie. I didn't Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was getting into. So um, what were your initial thoughts before we kind of get in the weeds of, uh, of seven? Um, I think my initial takeaway from this is that this is a perfect example of a movie where even if you know the ending, the story is so good, it does not take away from the experience. If mm-hmm. you like already know like the spoiler, like the big spoilers for it, like this is not some like this is not a story, in my opinion, that is like hinged on needing to go in completely blind. Like you can just enjoy mm-hmm. like everything about it is like thoroughly like well like crafted all the way through to the point where like you don't need to i don't know like you don't need to be like like if you're spoiled it it really does not affect your viewing in my opinion um, to know what's yeah, in the I box really, really yeah. enjoyed it yeah exactly exactly um yeah so i kind of i kind of picked this movie because i kind of wanted the entry point of david fincher uh this isn't his first movie we'll talk about what his first movie was mm-hmm. and why he doesn't consider it his first movie uh, which is interesting when we get to it, but I just think that Fincher is one of the, he's so bizarre because he's one of the most like provocative mainstream directors mm-hmm. who tackles like grisly stories and like, it's like event film, like you have to go to the movie to see it, like the social network or the girl with the dragon tattoo or all these movies are just so grimy and dirty and mm-hmm. like the worst of man and it's just interesting that we like all like gone girl. We like love to go see that shit. We eat that depravity up. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get into the, the, the grizzly weeds with you. Um, so yeah, um, a little bit about this movie. We're going to hop into the time capsule with great Scott. Great Scott. 
And first and foremost, in 1995, uh, we were not alive then, unfortunately. So we didn't get to take in part of the culture, but we missed out on some of the top songs of the time. You know what the number one song on the Billboard Top 100 was, Jackson? What was it? Gangsta's Paradise. That's what a, a banger. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um, <laughs> this is the year of Gangsta's in Paradise, Waterfalls, TLC, Kiss from a Rose. This is how we do Simpler it. Times. Just, just bangers, you know, straight bangers. R&B was the way to go. Uh, some of the top movies at the time. Uh, this was the year of Braveheart. Uh, one best picture. We love that guy, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Wide eyes. Um, uh, we lo- no. <laughs> uh, we- also the year of Clueless, Batman Forever. Hell yeah. Hell uh, yeah. Goldeneye, Jumanji, Apollo 13, Waterworld, Pocahontas. Lots of great ones. Uh, the number one grossing movie in 1995, Jackson. Do you know? None of the yeah. movies I just listed. Uh <laughs> Toy Story was the number one movie in 1995. Dang. Pretty cool. I forget it's that old. That's pretty crazy. Toy Story is older than us, Carter. Think about that. That's crazy. We're living the Toy Story. Woo! Uh, Seven was the uh, ninth highest grossing movie of 1995, if you can believe that. Uh, Above Die Hard with a Vengeance and below Casper. Shout out Casper. (gasps) Oh, Casper is awesome. Casper goes. Shout out. Um, some of the events of 1995. Let me start off with a banger. OJ Simpson acquitted. You're welcome. Wow. I know. <laughs> what a year. What a year for murderers. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jordan announces he's back. Uh, the United States government stops funding uh, the NSF NET, which means that the internet became privatized system. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony released the PlayStation and Operation Desert Storm ends place you in 1995 beautiful uh a little bit how it came to be jackson for you um this script was kicking around for a long time uh in 1986 uh andrew kevin walker who was the screenwriter uh moved from the suburbs of pennsylvania to new york city and he kind of wrote about the culture shock of living in a city that Mm -hmm. has just like significant rises in crime and drug abuse and uh, while he was working as a sales assistant, he started writing this spec script in 1991 called Seven, uh, which is set in an unnamed, blink, gloomy city uh, inspired by his depressing time in New York. <laughs> um, he intended to leave the script's narrative open to interpretation to avoid invalidating opinions of the prospective audience, which is smart. Very good. Yeah, that's um, really smart. Not to just like shit on New York for a yeah, whole movie. <laughs> so I really like that choice. Um He wanted to defy audience expectations and leave them feeling, quote, violated and exhausted by the conclusion. I don't know if you felt that by the end, but I'm pretty sure that was close. Um, Mm -hmm. And he basically just wanted to portray that there's a lot of evil out there and you're not always going to get the satisfaction of having any sort of understanding why it's there. And that's pretty scary. So for inspiration for writing The Killer, Walker recounted his own experiences of walking down city streets and observing crimes and sins being openly committed on every corner and nobody did anything about it. It just happened and people just went about their day. So wow, he was kind of inspired by real life stuff, which is brutal. So um, he kind of uh, sympathizes with John Doe, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> he wrote it that. from like, as a point of view script and they had to rework it, I guess. <laughs> True. Um 
So in the early 1990s, when this started to pick up traction, this is crazy. So the movie or the script gets picked up by this Italian company, Penta Film. And uh, this guy options the script. Walker was paid the min- this is funny walker was paid the minimum fee allowed by the wga which he described as not being quote fuck you money but enough to quit his job and relocate to la and start working on seven um so pentafilm hires jeremiah chechik to direct the movie and you know what jeremiah chechik's previous uh filmography is there's one movie I don't. uh he previously directed national lampoon's christmas vacation banger banger and he said he wanted to uh do more serious work so he was looking (laughs) to do seven which is crazy so um eventually the project kind of failed at this uh italian film studio uh the studio went under it dissolved in 94 and then the studio sold the rights over to new line cinema where the movie would eventually get produced and Chechik left the project also. And apparently Guillermo del Toro was approached at one point to replace him, which would have been that pretty been good. sick. Yeah. Uh, but they both rejected the offer. We'll kind of get into this later, but a lot of people in Hollywood were just even offended to have been asked to direct this because they're or like star in it. Cause they were like, this is offensive. I want no part of it. Um, <laughs> I will so, say, I feel like del Toro does like a really good, like he likes doing like, christianity undertones in a lot of his stuff so that like this movie would have actually been like pretty on brand for a lot of his voice i think in his wheelhouse for sure yeah um so then fincher comes along um and at this point he had directed alien 3 that's his first film um (laughs) but his experience he says quote i'd rather die of colon cancer than make another movie after alien 3 so he's really not looking to film because the studio just kind of took that movie apart and made yeah. it their own thing. It was one of those situations. Um, so he was kind of uninterested. And but then they sent him uh the script and they actually accidentally sent him Walker's original script, which is what the movie is. But when the movie mm-hmm. was at that Italian film studio, they kept doing rewrites to kind of decent or sensitize it. Yeah. And so they when they sent him that uh accidental script and then they send him the real script he's like wait this other one is way better why don't we do this so do that so uh so that was yeah kind of earlier drafts and so fincher said he would only do the movie if it was the original ending which is the head in the box and all that stuff so um that's how that kind of came to be and then we're off to the races and also pitt also insisted on only doing the movie if that was how it ended too so kind of Everyone involved was like had the right idea of how it wanted to end, which I think is good. So that is good. Yeah. So with all that being said, let's move on to you did it. Congratulations. You did it. Congratulations. And I'll start with you, Jackson. What works with you for seven? Yeah, for sure. Uh, The first thing I just wanted to hop into and talk about was the setting, which you obviously dived into a little bit. It is the perfect, grimy, disgusting, uh, filthy city that needs to exist in order to justify, like, at least in a modern context, like, ooh, let's follow these cops and, like, let's see what they're up to. And yeah, uh, let's get their side of the story. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like if the city isn't fucked up enough, uh, it's not as gripping to see like what these detectives are up to. So I think the setting is its own character within this film and and it does what it needs to do. 
yeah, it's just it's always raining, it, which is mm-hmm. which is crazy and it, actually cool because the first day of filming it was raining, mm-hmm. and so then from there on out they're just like, you know, let's make this easier if the weather doesn't turn like let's just have it rain all the time. So mm-hmm. they kind of made that conscious decision. So yeah, it's just it's just so dark and and brutal and bleak and it really sets it well. And it's, it's, it's so smart. It's kind of like Top Gun Maverick. We don't name the enemy. We don't name the city. So we never know yeah. where we are. It's just this like <laughs> conglomerate of a bunch of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> um, yeah. Another thing I really like about this movie is just like the buddy cop dynamic is very good. This might be one of my favorite examples of like the buddy cop dynamic of just mm-hmm. like this old dog who's ready to retire and this new rookie detective who's just like super eager to get his hands dirty is like such a good counterbalance between the characters. I think, um, first of all, I think uh, Brad Pitt alongside Morgan Freeman is just fantastic too. Like this is some of the best casting for like a, for like this type of story that you want to tell. And I I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. It's, it's cool because neither of them were really big at this point. Pitt is just kind of, picking up steam he's kind of in some he's kind of more like the heartthrob in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. before this uh morgan freeman is just now hitting kind of his big break shawshank the year before yeah so he's kind of you know in flux and trying to to make it in so at the time they're kind of relative unknowns but mm-hmm. not to, like they're stars but they're not big stars you know there's such good cool. like thematic opposites too just like like i said like the guy who's on his way out and the guy who's coming in but like Brad Pitt, you know, he has Gwyneth Paltrow and they're in love and they're trying to start a family maybe. Um, and, you know, he's hopeful, bright eyed. And he and then you have Morgan Freeman, who is like, the city is killing me. And like, he's like, <laughs> we need to, I need to leave. Um, and he like sleeps. Oh, it's so sad. He sleeps in like a twin bed in the middle of his room. And it's like, oh, man, that's that's depressing. It's like I ooh, um, tough life there. But I, yeah. I do like Morgan Freeman's like optimistic outlook despite um because you know like like he is like this this weathered guy and brad brad pitt's character um you know he he kind of makes this he like there's this quote at one point where um detective somerset uh goes if we catch john doe and he turns out to be the devil i mean if he's satan himself that might live up to our expectations but he's not the devil he's just a man like yeah. that's such a good like what a cool way to like reframe like everything within this reel movie. it back in yeah and reel it back in i think it's great yeah i think you'd like it's so weird because his character is almost like a cynical optimist like yeah he's mm-hmm. seen it all and and yeah Pitt's coming in like trying to do like it's just the typical like cynical we're going to take the best. He's not really the best of us. It's not like a Harvey Dent situation in the dark yeah. night, but it's like a guy who's like you said, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And then the world beats him down and he commits the ultimate sin and the, the villain wins, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's great. But yeah, that whole, there's like that whole conversation they have in a diner about like that love costs. It takes work. Like, you know, it's easy mm-hmm. to slip into drugs. It's easy to steal. And you know, the problem with people is they don't care. And he's like, Oh, do you care? And he's like, yeah, I care. Like there's all these mm-hmm. moments where he like, you know, Pitt's character, like is trying to show remorse because he killed a guy. And then he's telling the story and he's like, what was his name? It's yeah. like, it just faint. Yeah, yeah. His cop buddy that got, got killed in the line of duty and yeah. not even remembering his name. He's like, is oh, what was crazy. his name? So yeah, but yeah, like you're going to make a difference, but life beats you down. So I just like that theme. I, I've, 
I've been on the record about this before with movies that are kind of grimy and, and disgusting. It's not that I like unhappy endings. I just like mm-hmm. that the story takes you there in a different way. And you don't really see that all the time. So, so yeah, the cynical nature is something that I admire. I don't like it, but I admire it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you got? Anything else? I just wanted to expand on that one point last, like one last time, like whenever yeah. they are in the final showdown, like again, you have this guy who has every reason to get out, every reason to stop. And he's just like telling him to throw down the gun. Like, it's not worth it. Like, don't do it. Like he wins yep. and don't give into it. Um, Don't become sus- like, he's so aware and perceptive of like everything that's pulling him down and everyone else down. But like to rise above it is such a good, uh, I don't know. It's just such a good, like, f- like foundation for that character that I just really, really liked Morgan Freeman's character in this movie. Yeah. They just play off each other so, so well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so fun. Um, and just uh yeah um i just also i just like the seven day structure just want to point that Mm -hmm. out like the Mm -hmm. the monday tuesday all of that is just wonderful um kind of talked about it a little bit but just just an interesting story like just an interesting concept john doe's motives uh just a really neat setup for a guy with this crusade this mission of like biblical proportions yeah really cool basis for a serial killer um i just think that's that's great um the fact that this is just kind of Fincher's first real movie. Yeah. Uh, Cause like before this, he just directed like Madonna music videos and Billy Idol music videos. <laughs> and it's just so crazy to see that now he just makes deplorable mainstream movies about the worst people have to offer. It's uh, it's quite something. Um, yeah. So unsuccessful. Just directing Madonna music videos. Uh, like, come on, man. I Get know. a real job. <laughs> they were like, he's just a music video guy and he proved them wrong. Good for him. Uh, the twist, I think you mentioned it at the top. It still mm-hmm. holds up, even if you know what's going to happen, because it's such a it's such a, a a great payoff from everything. That I think there's before. two good twists that pay off in this movie, which is kind of crazy. Like the whole like reveal of like him just walking to the station is like so shocking. I feel like I've never seen anything like that in a movie before. Yeah, turning himself in is, is yeah is quite a twist. Yeah, there's a bunch like the last forty five minutes of the movie really kind of. Mm-hmm propel you towards the end of the 40 minutes um i have to mention it i'm just gonna say it um kevin spacey in 1995 playing two quote serial killers uh, of evil doings and the usual suspects and uh this film um Mm -hmm. just tremendous stuff in 1995 yes he's a deplorable guy but um i guess he was really good at playing fucked up people huh for some reason Hmm. yep (laughs) um and again, the reveal of Spacey at the time, like not putting him in the opening credits. So like, you yeah. don't really know that's going to happen. And was he a big actor at the time? Like, was he like pretty, he well-known? was in things, but he definitely wasn't like a established household name. Gotcha. Yet. It wasn't like a Matt Damon moment in interstellar. No. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like Matt Damon. What, what are you doing? Yeah. He didn't hit it big until like, this was the year gotcha. when he kind of went big with the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Cause he wins the Oscar this year and kind of, hits the ground running so um i love crime procedural stuff i love evidence and fingerprints and all of the all of the stuff moving from crime scene to crime scene discovering things the trail just wonderful stuff and yeah i think that's i think that's all i have i do like the the moral question in there Mm -hmm. that happens kind of in the middle of the movie about whether to bring kids into this world or not when Mm -hmm. he's talking to tracy and maybe we'll dig into that a little bit more later i don't know um but but yeah, just the 
the movie presents that idea and tries to offer kind of a shining light and then just beats you into the ground and you're yeah. like, no. So <laughs> it lifts you up and then tears you down. So quite a quite a grisly movie, but we'll get into more of that uh, with some favorite scenes, perhaps. What do you say? Let's do it. Um, do you want to use this maybe as an opportunity to explore your favorite sin before we like dive Ooh, into some other stuff? Favorite sin in the movie or just in, in the general, movie? In the movie. Sin? Okay, 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 okay. Sure, we um, can do both if you want. So when you say favorite, what, can you expound upon it? Like I'm most, not gonna... com- like what what gave you the most like visceral reaction? I guess maybe. I think the worst one, the one that pains me the most, is um is lust. Because that one is pretty awful. That is fucked up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. With the uh the bladed dildo is quite uh mm. a, 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 just a ooh it like it makes you recoil. It gives you goosebumps. It's not. It doesn't feel good in any capacity. And I think yeah. that one's worse too because there's another person involved. It's not just like yeah. There's like, like someone doing the act and he's still there and he has to live with that like that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty fucked brutal. up. Um. But 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 despite that, I think probably sloth is probably my sloth is crazy most fucked up one and and cool one because like the guy's still alive when they get there and that's that's and crazy he's been stuff. there for like a year like a the, year. the photograph reveals of like this was taken a week ago and it's like oh man this photo is from a year ago yeah that's um, rough what about you yeah, Are you a, he... a gluttonous guy or uh, I mean gluttony was such a fun way to like Start intro it. yeah like just like the like he ate the himself fact to that, like and... he ate until he passed out and then they kicked his stomach and he exploded <laughs> like that's like oh, oh my god that's horrible greed was pretty crazy like he had to pick like a pound of flesh to cut out if he didn't want to get like murdered and then like he killed himself on accident by like bleeding out on the floor whoops um yeah whoops um i guess i should just go through the other ones because there's just a couple more Might there's well. pride uh, this is when the woman was taped to some pills and a phone and he was told and she was told, you know, you can take the pills and die pretty, uh, but at least have like the pride of knowing you died beautiful or you can call for help and I'll cut off your nose. <laughs> um, and then he and then she called for help and then he murdered her anyways, which is like super Tough. fucked. Um, and then there's envy and wrath, which kind of lose like it's a great ending don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm. i think it loses the plot a little bit about like what it's trying to say because it's like john doe is like envious so he's the one who committed envy but his like but the wife is the victim of envy sort of and like she's like the one who gets killed in that situation and then wrath which is um of course uh detective mills uh, becoming wrath whenever he he decides to kill John Doe for doing that, but then John Doe is kind of the victim there, but he wants to be the victim, and then like Mills, yeah. we assume, just like goes to prison or something like that. Um, it's like not. we don't really know, I guess, but like it, it's they bring him down, he wins in doing that. But it's like one of those things because like obviously things get disrupted, and you wonder if that was the original plan to begin with. It can't with. be the original plan. Like that's we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. it cannot be the original plan, which is kind of hilarious to me. I don't know, because basically <laughs> I let's, start, let's talk about it now, I guess. Like whenever <laughs> the plan starts, uh Mills just moved here. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah, like he could they do have. not know, like whenever the first person is killed. 
the plan has already in, the plan has been in set for over a year because that one guy has been strapped to a table for, that for a long, year yeah. at least. Um, and Mills just shows up, and John Doe just happens to like become envious of him. I'm kind of curious what the next two would have been, <laughs> if not uh, for this. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't. It's it's kind of an unan- one of those unanswerable questions. Like, do, would he still be? Would he be the end? Like, would he die also mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. in his great in his great plan? Like, would he have been the final sin? Or I don't know. It just seems like he would have liked to space those last two out a little bit to complete his because they yeah. all happen on the the same day right? on the same day, and he yeah. liked to do a day, yeah, seven days. So it feels like his plan was disrupted slightly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. But um, anyway, that was a little tangent, but that was fun. Um, do you have a favorite scene? We discussed our favorite sin scenes or, or favorite. Yeah, sins, I but... mean, I do think the sloth like apartment raid is like pretty crazy, just in general. With John C. McGinley, Doctor yes. Cox, just running in, and yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then I also really love the scene where they all just have dinner at their apartment. Yeah, and it's like this really, like 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 you said, like there's these shining moments in the movie that make you feel hopeful before ripping it all away. And just like them having like this like nice conversation over dinner and then the subway rattles in and it shakes the whole place. And then they go, they tell the story about how we thought the the guy showing the place was just really efficient um, and would just give us the tour within five minutes in and out. Um, and then they just all like burst Start out laughing is is so good. Uh, and something that I think this movie desperately needs. Yeah. It's um, like the only moments to... of sunshine. Yeah. 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 And even then, it's like, man, look at our shitty circumstance. Oh, well, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful one. I had that one written down. because It's like the only moment of, like, breath you have in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful. I just want to uh, give a shout out to the opening credit sequence because they don't make them like that anymore. That just uh, just John Doe just, like, doing all the stuff, writing in the mm-hmm. books, like, cutting his fingerprints off is yeah is super cool and super unsettling and the the score that's under it is just really sets the tone and what we have to offer so i enjoy that a lot um you mentioned sloth right in the apartment i love that one um then i have going to john doe's apartment obviously that yeah. uh that big chase where they use the it's library crazy. cards from the cia yeah. which is kind of a fun little undertone mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they show up and then you see him down the hallway with his groceries and just fire. And then the just gun. the immediate gun firing, like is so crazy. Like you yeah. think there's going to be a moment of confrontation of like, maybe they don't know, but he's just like, nah, they know. And just decides to immediately like gun and run. <laughs> yeah. Um, is crazy. Yeah. And obviously it just shows like Mills chases after him and he kind of leads him with emotions and Somerset is kind of like steady using reason and mm-hmm. and then when he doesn't kill him is obviously when he decides i'm gonna i'm gonna make this guy suffer because he clearly yeah is that the moment that on. he comes up with the idea like is that it because i guess right no i guess it might not be because like he's a photographer and takes a picture of them like, at the murder before so maybe that's when he gets the idea to do it True. Um, it's kind of hard to say because, like, whenever they do break into the apartment, they're like, "Oh my god, he was literally right there." That that's yeah, a great this... reveal too. I really liked that. Yeah, when they go into the bathtub and they see mm-hmm. the, the pictures and and yeah, that's uh, and then like he calls to admire. He's like, "I admire you guys. I just wanted to let you know. Uh, I don't want to ruin the, the the plan, but 
you guys are OGs. Good job. And then he hangs up. <laughs> it is good stuff. Um, I think my favorite scene is probably when John Doe turns himself in. It's the mm-hmm. most uh, gripping scene, I think, because you don't really expect that. Just walks into the precinct. Detective! Detective. After this, I'm Detective. gone. No big surprise. Detective! You're looking for me. Hey! What's your fucking move? On the fucking floor. Keep away from him! On the fucking floor! I know you. Now! Get out! Get down! Yeah, it's like ooh, and then you see it's Kevin Spacey, which even has mm-hmm. a creepier connotation now. He's like uh, covered in blood, and you're looking for just me. like everyone pulls their guns out on him, and oh, it's it's a it's a cool scene. Yeah, and, and it's so good too because it's on his own terms. Like it's so it's such a power move because like even when he is captured, it's because he wants to be, not because like the cops got him, which I think is like a pretty interesting aspect of this. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um. And then finally, I just have, I kind of just have the final 20 minutes, that interrogation in the car where they're just talking the car to him. Fantastic. Yeah. Like one, if you want people to listen, you can't just tap them on the shoulder anymore. You got to hit them with a sledgehammer, sledgehammer, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's, un- it's com- more comfortable for you to label me insane. All the, all that good stuff. And, and then, yeah, this whole time, like Brad Pitt's character is getting so cocky because yeah. he knows he thinks he won. And then. And in context of knowing, of course, like the big spoiler that like he didn't win, uh, like seeing them both like try to one up each other when one knows more than the other in that context is so, so fun. Like it feels like a chess match in between like this, uh, this like uh, the the divider of the police car, which is really cool. Yeah, super cool and super interesting. And just hearing his motives and he kind of is contradicting himself, but kind of not yeah. it's like this paradox it's 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 super intriguing and mm-hmm. then obviously the final scene uh where the van delivers the box the poor guy just delivering the box that <laughs> was yeah. good for him <laughs> um and then obviously opening the box and then what's in the box all that fun stuff mm-hmm. you tell me you tell me that's not true that's not true become vengeance dude no, she's all right you tell me become wrath tell me she's all right you made her a suspect, David. No! Just throw it all away, you know? No! She begged for her life to take it. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up. And for the life of the baby inside of her. And, and yeah, he becomes vengeance and all of that. It's just, what an ending to a movie. Uh, probably top 10 endings to a movie, I would say. Oh, um, for sure. It's yeah. crazy. Is there anything that we missed along the way that you were like, this needs to be mentioned? I don't think so. Amazing. Pretty good scenes. Uh, wonderful. You have a favorite quote? Yeah. Um, I mentioned one before, so I'll just get my other one out there. Again, big Detective Somerset fan. Uh, it's when he quotes uh, Ernie, Ernest Hemingway when he goes, Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. And I think that's great. That is like just such an interesting character. I think he is definitely up there for me for uh, movie protagonists. Absolutely. You and I picked the same quote. I just think that's the perfect way to cap off the movie, mm-hmm. sums it up perfectly. And then it leaves you when you walk out of the theater or the, the living room, just like, whoa, that's fucked up. So tremendous. 
Um, let's move on to Houston. We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Uh, what could have been better, Jackson? I just want to talk really quick about how everybody who's in this movie in a modern context is like viewed in a worse light uh, now. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Kevin Spacey, who is like a really not good dude and probably shouldn't be welcomed back into movies. Yeah, You have fair. Brad Pitt, who I think has some like abuse allegations with like like between him and his ex-wife. Um, yeah, which is some pretty some uh, interesting stuff. Some Angelina Jolie stuff. He yeah, said, she said stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think I think Morgan Freeman even has some like accusations. I remember there briefly being like a in the Me Too stuff that there yeah. was something. There was something. I don't know if anything ever came about it, but like it's always kind of sat in the back of my head. Um, and then Gwyneth Paltrow is just such a freak now too. Uh, not nearly <laughs> as bad as everyone else, but like she's just really weird in general. Not a goop um, fan. Kind of. Yeah, not a goop fan. <laughs> mm, not a fan of her not remembering that she was in Marvel movies. <laughs> that I kind of like. I think that's yeah. a, a good trait to have. But I uh, think that's a bit now at this point where she's <laughs> like, oh, I was I in that? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure at this point, like some publicists are like, hey, you should do this and pretend like you don't know what you're talking about. You're like, Maybe you'll be viewed better. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a very fair point, uh, especially mm-hmm. on the spacey front. That's definitely... Uh, notable to bring up um do you have anything else um yeah and then just like my final one is like that which we kind of talked about earlier of just like john doe has like the heath ledger joker level of like planning and luck <laughs> foresight of, yeah. of just like everything happens to go his way um like yeah again they, like they the just is... happened to get into the the apartment Ex- one year after he took yes. the first picture yeah yes exactly yeah. um and like he has multiple apartments with multiple rents that he's paying, which is like super convenient. And like we don't know his backstory, but he has a ton of money somehow. Yeah, we never get um, an explanation. Yeah. And then I kind of feel like maybe once you get past like the flash of like the sins and the murder, like the actual motives behind the character are like kind of weak. Like there's not like he's not saying a whole lot that's like super interesting now at least it's kind of just like a society like kind of motivation and it's like that's fine i guess but like i don't know maybe back then at the time like this is like way more compelling but like i don't know it's still kind of a weaker core motivation for your for your antagonist do you feel we're maybe just more as a society cynical and on the same page <laughs> about stuff where we were yeah, just so maybe. jaded by the idea <laughs> i think we look like I think now we look more towards like villains that have something to say that can be like more reflective on society. And I don't know if like the super religious angle of like, Oh, people are degenerates now is like something that's super compelling to me personally. Sure. Um, Cause I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's just kind of weird. <laughs> I like the take that takeaway. He's just kind of weird. Wonderful. <laughs> Um, I have a, I have a few, um, there is an R word alert. I always write down when I hear an R word. Mm. So that did happen, but you know, I feel like in this story, that seems to be what these people would be saying to each other. So <laughs> yeah, I can get that and I can get away from that. Um, I think there's is, also an F word too. Yes, you're right. There is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a small one, but so they're at in the dinner scene when they go to their apartment, like they're at dinner the whole time. And the first vibration happens when dinner is over. And so, like, how often does the subway come? Is it like every five minutes, or like, like it's the first time it happened during the meal? I, I, I think just... that's the first time it happened. Maybe the train was late. You know, it's 
this place is anyway. a hellhole apparently so <laughs> maybe it's nothing works true i don't think I, yeah I, I when i watched the movie i was like i don't want to be anywhere in any place in this movie <laughs> it's, it's except horrible. the library the library is awesome that library is, is cool. like the one good playing, place playing poker with the the janitors and stuff yeah. yeah as soon as that library scene came on abby was like looking for those lamps that they had she was like <laughs> oh these are awesome the library actually, was great Abby, I'll have to show a picture to you after this, but the lamp that sits on my desk is kind of a library-esque lamp. So nice. I'll have to send it to her. Um, <laughs> and my my last one is, and this may just be that I know the ending and you can tell me if you felt this way too, but down the stretch there, Mills mentions his wife a lot down the stretch. Like I feel mm-hmm. like they're laying the groundwork and it, does it become too much where the ideas in your head like, oh, something happened to the wife? Like, they're sitting in like the room after they interrogated him. And he's like, ah, my wife's going to wonder why I'm working so late. And then he's, he says a lot of comments like that down the stretch, like two or three. And where just, it feels a little heavy handed. In yeah. Or like, why am I putting that in my brain? Like, is something going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I could have done without that and like, just eliminate that. And I'm not thinking about her at all that's, until. That's, the f- yeah. That, I think that would probably be more effective. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't think very highly of audiences in 1995. And I again, know. I think maybe this can go to like the fact that like Brad Pitt is obviously getting so smug, like too smug. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, you're going to like, maybe if you tone this down a little bit, like it could punch a little bit harder, but but, but it, it kind of works into the like the drama of it all too. Like yeah. It feels more like a like a stage play moment. He just plays it. So he plays dumb so well, like, yeah. In that final scene where he's like, oh, God, oh, like, that's just, you're just like, what an idiot. <laughs> but he just, <laughs> it just plays it so well. It's great. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Anything else there? You want to move on? Um, I guess maybe this could be like a moment to ask you in that situation. Mm-hmm. Would you have pulled the trigger? Well, I would like to say no. I think everyone would like to say no. I don't but, know if I could. Um, or know, I could sh- not. Like, like, it's almost yeah. too... Like Ooh, I've seen, like I've know. seen enough movies where they, the, the, the highest of highs of people, they get beat down and then they become evil. I would <laughs> like to think I'd be like, no, that can't be me, but I don't know. Maybe we should do a study, do a test. Yeah. Do you want to do Stanford yeah. prison experiment again? <laughs> yeah. Let's do that again. I'm sure Sick. we haven't learned enough. Amazing. <laughs> um, but good point. Yeah. I don't know what I would do either. I would hope I would be the Morgan Freeman in that situation where I've just seen a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And I can be the I can be the wise guy. God, but... everyone needs a Morgan Freeman from this movie. Uh, just like throw the gun, like him just yelling, throw the gun over and over again. Yeah. Gosh, he should have just thrown the gun, man. Like, should have trusted him. Then we would have gotten seven two, um, which would have been nine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, wonderful. Uh, let's move on to you like me. You really like me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Uh, the only Oscar this was nominated mm-hmm. for was Best Film Editing, um, which I think that's pretty cool. I yeah, totally like to think it was just for the opening sequence because that was that was cool. Great. Um, but yeah, the only Oscar. Uh, but again, Braveheart won this year. I think you can you can sneak this movie in there at least in the mm-hmm. Best Picture category. Um, and Braveheart has some weird connotations to it now with all the Mel Gibson stuff too. So yes, <laughs> I don't know, man, but still pretty good movie. Um, Jackson, some awards. Uh, let's do the golden Odie. Who are you giving your golden Odie to? Uh, I'm giving my golden Odie, of course, to detective William Somerset, baby. Nice. 
Uh, beautiful. I love that. I'm giving my golden Odie just kind of a twist. I'm giving it to David Fincher for, mm. for bouncing back from the failure of alien three, making a banger movie. That's kind of stood the test of time and people still return mm-hmm. to, and still has a lot to say. So shout out David for, for sticking with it and still making a bunch of movies. And I'm excited for the killer. Um, what about your squeaker? I, I have a feeling since you gave your Odie to detective Somerset, are you are you giving your squeaker to somebody also that's a detective? Uh, nope. I'm giving it to Kevin Spacey, the human, <laughs> just because Fair. you taint everything, man. Like every movie is a little bit worse now, just in retrospect, which sucks. Like I can't watch Baby Driver anymore and it bums me out because I want to watch Baby Driver. Have you seen the stuff um, ever since the Russell Brand stuff has come out where the forgetting oh Sarah Marshall fans are like, man, I thought the baby driver fans had it rough. Cause we have, <laughs> we have Jonah Hill, Russell brand, Mila Kunis with all the Dan, Danny Masterson stuff. And yeah. That's crazy too. Yeah. People are just I am like, a big oh, no. forgetting Sarah Marshall too. Like I, I, too. I like all that stuff. It is dang. That is unfortunate. Yeah. The Russell brand stuff is so terrible. He's been like slowly going into like the right wing grift. Cause he knew that these allegations were coming out and now yeah. he can just like, now he has a fan base that like won't leave him with this stuff, which is really annoying. And yeah, I mean, God, what a, I hate that guy. We could have called that a long time ago. Just so. yeah. He's a, he's a weirdo. Like he is he's super weirdo. weird. Yeah. Um. Well, we're on the same page here. Cause I also gave my squeaker to Kevin Spacey, the human Um. for all the <laughs> same reasons. And then also, I'm just giving my squeaker to John C. McGinley as the leader of like this SWAT unit, just for the mm-hmm. last scene where he's in the helicopter where Somerset's like, it's a box. And then he's like, we got a box. Call the bomb squad. It's a box. We got a box. He says it so many times. I was like, I get it. I understand. Um, but shout out to Dr. Cox and shout out to scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Let's go to uh, Shirley. You can't be serious. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And I have a few trivia facts for you. Most of them are casting stuff, which is fun. Um, So actually the first one I want to bring up is the kind of the new ending that they made for the movie to kind of desensitize Mm -hmm. it a little bit to make it kind of mainstream. So when it was at Pentafilm, they mandated several script changes, including the removal of the head in the box ending. Um, and so what happened was he wrote a more mainstream ending, which the detectives confront Doe in a church that is described as either on fire or burned out. And in the revised version of the script, Doe embodies the sin of envy and kills Mills before being shot dead by Somerset, uh, while pregnant Tracy Mm. leaves the city. So there's kind of that optimism at the end where the, she gets out with the baby. I kind of like that, though, too. I actually really don't hate that either. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. But is it more mm. compelling than what we get? Or I kind of like it in the in the way that like it gives us an idea of maybe what his original plan was, which was to burn a church down right. in wrath or something. Like Maybe right. that's like kind of his alternate plan uh, that he switched up. Maybe that's our headcanon now. Yes. I like so that. I yeah. That's interesting. It's not bad. But yeah, and it kind of ends on the happy note where Tracy gets to get out. But so maybe it's a little more mm-hmm. uplifting, but the ending we get is definitely more bleak. So um, then we have, I already mentioned before I get to all the casting stuff, a lot of people in mm-hmm. Hollywood were offered this role and they were just so offended to even have been considered like this movie shouldn't be made. You guys should go to hell. This is atrocious. So uh, I will start with for the role of Mills. Uh, some people that were offered the role, 
uh, where Sylvester Stallone, I don't know if that works at all. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. And this one's interesting. Denzel Washington declined the role in 1995. And he has since expressed regret about doing so. But what do you think you're thinking? You got the finger on the mouth. Would he have been mouth. too old? Um, I don't know. For Mills? I think he would have been a little... But if you hear the castings that they were thinking about for Somerset, then it might have worked. Mm-hmm. Because okay. they were a little older as well. So for Somerset, okay. the studio, well, actually, this is interesting because the studio first was a little concerned that it would be when they cast Freeman, that it would be a little derivative of Lethal Weapon to have the old grizzled okay. black cop who yeah, seen yeah. some shit and the new like goody two shoes. Again, Mel Gibson, goodness, um, mm-hmm. in that role. Um, <laughs> Let a male um, talk today. Yeah. So some people considered for the role of Somerset were Robert Duvall. Uh, Gene Hackman, okay, and Al Pacino. Okay. Those are all pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Robert Duvall is kind of a. a I like that Robert Duvall pick. It's, I, it's I'm, working I'm for happy you. with what we got, obviously, but like those are working for me too. I don't hate those. Yeah, I just wonder if like if we're in the Pacino phase where he's just loud now. I don't know if we're <laughs> in that because this is kind of after he's not doing enough woman. yet. Yeah, so, this is the year of heat too. So. uh and he's really going for it in that movie too. So I don't know if it would have been as subdued as we get from Freeman, but yeah, those were some that were uh, considered um, for Tracy. Uh, we had Robin Wright was considered at the mm-hmm. time, which I think would be pretty, pretty good. And then uh, Christina Applegate was also considered. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Not no. bad. Um, then the John Doe one. I think Gwyneth is the best, the best one. For I sure. think so. And she also was like, she got hired because like Brad Pitt, like mentioned her name. Then they started dating and it was a whole thing. Um, John. Oh, no. Okay. Doe, yeah. <laughs> um, so John Doe, we have um, the first one. Do you know who Ned Beatty is familiar with him? That sounds familiar, but I don't think so. So he's like a, a character actor, but so that's who they considered at one point. And this is really funny because of, his likeness to the composite sketch of the Zodiac killer. Like that is. <laughs> That's great. So that is amazing in itself. Um, Michael Stipe, the lead singer of REM was considered at one point. Um, sure. Why not? You know, um, Val Kilmer yeah, was not? considered. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's pretty fun. I like Val. That's a good one. Yeah. Val's not bad. Um, and then, so Arlie Ermey, who plays the like head of the, the chief of the police there was mm-hmm. auditioned for the role. And then they gave him the kind of the, uh, the police chief role, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Isn't he a Sarge in the toy story movies? He is. And he also is the full metal jacket. Yeah. Uh, the guy, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. which is, which is fun. Um, and then what's really interesting is they cast an unknown actor for a couple of days in the John role. John wrote, I can't talk John Doe role. Um, yeah. And like he filmed and did stuff. It was like a back to the future situation. And then, and then they reshot everything. Yeah. And then they got rid of him and oh. then they brought Spacey in and no one still, no one, they haven't revealed who it was, who that person was who filmed, but it's, it's under mm. wraps. No one knows. So really interesting, but yeah, they brought Spacey. In. I feel I like he's... then maybe they didn't go on to do anything else. Cause that would have been something interesting to bring up later down the line if they yeah. like had a happy ending with that but maybe not big bummer mm. 
Um, so that's kind of all the casting stuff. And then just a few more fun ones. Um, as preparation for his traumatic scene in the interrogation room, uh, Leland Orser, who's the guy that's in like the blanket, like recounting his, uh, his, uh, lust sin. Um, yeah. He would breathe in and out rapidly so that his body would be overly saturated with oxygen, giving him the ability to hyperventilate. He also did not sleep for a few days in order to achieve his character's disoriented look. Now that's some dedication. Good job. Good for him. Yeah, that Good. is dedication. Good job. Uh, David Fincher said on the DVD commentary that he felt bad for the actor who had to wear the hot, heavy gluttony prosthetics. So yeah. To, so to compensate, he made him quote well endowed. So good. There you go. He gave him a big dick. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. Brad Pitt. Uh. No. Let's see this one. When Mills and Somerset go to the the leather store there, mm-hmm. and they're looking for information about John Doe. Uh, the clerk says that Doe had a limp and behind them outside the store, there's a man limping shown watching the detectives. If you go back and watch it. Uh, so little Easter eggs. Um, and finally, uh, Brad Pitt fell while filming the scene in which Mills is chasing down John Doe in the rain. And so Pitt's arm went through a car windshield and they, it required surgery and they worked the accident into the script. So for the rest of the movie, he has the, the kind of the cast on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so real. that's real. Yeah. He oh, that's actually cool. hurt himself. So that's kind of cool. Um, the Bechtel test, Jackson, uh, does it pass the Bechtel test? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. There's only one. There's one, one woman, woman. <laughs> with a name at least. Um, yeah. Uh, Rick Dalton mean test. Like, yeah, but like seven is just like, a number like like obviously like, i don't know <laughs> it's a cheap shot it's yeah not it's fair. not a, it's not like a it, it's a gimme i guess it's not nothing really super impressive now if they said seven while also saying seven in the title somehow like i don't <laughs> so know how seven you and... verbalize that yeah if they said that now that would definitely yeah, that would count. count uh very <laughs> fair uh and finally is it a good date movie uh i mean for me someone uh, with like a relationship that's like four years long. Yeah. I think it's a good date movie, but maybe not if it's a little date. fresher, I don't know if it's a, if it's a good one. Yeah. Very, not, fair. A, not a good first date. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, anything we missed before we, <laughs> before we move on to the last category. I don't think so. Dope. Well then let's, uh, let's move on to what's in the box. Oh, what's in the box, which is very Perfect. aptly named. Very well done today. Um, Let's hop over to the the list first uh, at the top 100 out of 26 movies, adding seven to the fray. And what do you think, Jackson? Can we start? Maybe let's start at The Dark Knight because it's similar in kind of its uh, mm-hmm. its motifs and the things it's trying to convey. Do you think The Dark Knight does it better? Do you think seven does it better? What do you think? Because we both gave this five stars. I think seven does it better. Um... Yeah definitely yeah i think i i don't think dark knight could have done it if seven had not done it first fair good argument paved the way i like that yeah now so then let's just go up one by one better than titanic yeah i think they're very different but i think i yeah i think so and we can go by star ratings here did you give is titanic a five star two for you Mm -hmm. yes okay so we're getting into the we're getting into the weeds i love yeah i think everything above titanic is five stars for me for the most part uh, so then we have the prestige. 
Uh, yes, better. I have this above prestige, but this is where it gets tricky. I think it's maybe below do the right thing. Maybe not. I'm I'm kind of curious what you think. Ooh, both very different, but also both kind of telling a little something similar in terms of like takeaways and that people can sometimes be bad and then there's mm-hmm. no answer at times. I like, well, I guess do the right thing is a little, it doesn't attempt to answer any questions either, which is kind of cool. Um, I think it leaves it in a way more optimistic way. Definitely. Um, it's not as, uh, I don't I'm, know. I think, I think it's a tougher, it's a tougher watch for seven just cause there's so much like gore and stuff. It's for sure. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's leave it at, uh, let's put it above the prestige and below do the right thing. How's that sound? That sounds good. I like that. Amazing. Oh, and I always forget when I type in seven in letterbox, you can't just type in yep. the word. It's you gotta, annoying. <laughs> you got to put the seven in there or else it won't recognize it. Wonderful. So we have seven at 12 uh, on the list out of 27. That's movies. not confusing. No, of course not. Should we put it in seven <laughs> just for posterity's sake? No. <laughs> Stay true to our guns. Wonderful. And now, Jackson, let's move on to some uh, reviews, letterbox reviews. You got any good ones? I got three good ones. Nice. Uh, I went through some good, some bad, and some middle-of-the-road stuff. Nice. Um, so let's start with the bottom. Okay. This is from Aaron Hundreds. Uh, he gave it a oh, half star. Tough. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is kind of funny, I thought. Uh, the true story of how they caught the infamous on-the-nose killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I think is a fair critique. I do That's think... That's funny. Uh, had this not been the first one to do a story like that's like so heavily based around the seven deadly sins and like this like type of like gritty way like i think it would be considered like really derivative and basic but like because it's the first i think it does uh get a pass in that regard very fair yeah first modern one at least i don't know there may be some old stuff that i'm not aware of but yeah because i'm sure a lot of these people on Letterboxd have at least watched it, watched other movies that didn't, that came after it before they sure. saw this. Mm-hmm. And it's probably mm-hmm. derivative. Yeah. Fair. Okay. So that's the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Then in the middle, uh, this is from Justin Wuwa with three stars. And they made a good point that I thought that was worth bringing up. Uh, it said this being a murder investigation and the first murder that we get to witness on screen is committed by the detective himself. Brilliant. I only wish the rest of the film had more intensity. I think that's a cool point. Like we don't see these brutal killings or anything like that, like on screen at all. Like we just see the aftermath of it, which I think is like a cool way to not like glorify like the, the guts and gore and all that stuff. Totally. And it leaves the detective aspect to it too. Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As the audience, you'd be like, well, I know what's happening. Why do I want to watch these guys figure it out when I know it? Yeah. Yeah. Very fair. Awesome. And then for my final review, this is a four star. This is from Vitor, and it just says craziest unboxing video ever. I love that one. <laughs> Wonderful. I love all that. Um, I had someone one similar to that, so that's good. So it leaves me with three. Uh, mine was, yes, by far my favorite unboxing video on YouTube. Tremendous <laughs> stuff. Um, so my first one, mine are all like five or four stars, but I just thought the reviews were funny. So I wanted to, to list them. Uh, my first one is Kevin Spacey gives Brad Pitt head. No clickbait. That's <laughs> from Aaron. That's a five-star review. And that's, that is a five-star re- review also. Uh, so wonderful there. Um, 
This one is so seven in stars out of five. That's from <laughs> Liam F. And he also ironically gave it five stars, not seven. And finally, this one's my favorite crew member. So David, what are we going to do about the lighting for this scene? David Fincher. No, that is a review from Lily. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that is a four star, re- four star review uh, from Lily. Tremendous. Jackson, let's uh, move on to you feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I have a little fun game for you today. Uh, In the spirit of seven, I have seven movies that I want you to try to guess. But the, the trick is these are all movies with numbers in the title. And oh, no. okay. And but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to give you the top three build cast members in the movie. <laughs> and I want you to okay. see if, if you can guess the movie. If if you need a hint, I can read the, the plot description and and then okay. I'll give you like half a point for that. So for full marks, if you can just get it off the three actors, then that'll be great. Sound good? All right, let's do it. Amazing. Here is your First one, uh, the, your three cast members are Steve Carell, Catherine Keener, and Paul Rudd. What movie is this with a number in the title? Oh, any number? It's not like the number one. It's like oh, no. just any, any number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, is this 40-Year-Old Virgin? This is 40-Year-Old Virgin. All right, let's go. Congrats. Good Great start. Movie. Start you off a little easy. Love it. Uh. Okay, next one. Maybe a little tougher. I'm not sure. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Lee. Wrapping your brain for Sammy Jackson movies. Sam Jackson number movies? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Can you give me like a plot description maybe? Yeah, let me uh, bring one up. Um, Yeah, this uh, this is a little tough here. Let me give you a description of this film uh bounty hunters seek shelter from a raging blizzard and get caught up in a plot of betrayal and deception the hateful eight this is the hateful eight nice okay i have not seen that one there's too many sam jackson movies to narrow it that's true that that is (laughs) very tough that's that was a tough one all right uh number three is george clooney matt damon andy garcia Um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, George Clooney. Uh, I hmm. need a plot That's description. Gosh, yes. God, I'm terrible at this, Carter. This one is uh. Well, if I told, what if I told you Brad Pitt's also in the movie? I can Brad start. Pitt's also in the movie. Brad Pitt. Just keep listening. Other actors, <laughs> you'll get it eventually. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts is in this movie. Casey Affleck. Oh my god. Bernie Mac. Oh my gosh. Give Don me a description. Cheadle. I hate I hate that I don't know it. Less than 24 hours into his parole, charismatic thief Danny something name. Oh, is this Ocean's <laughs> 11? I'm This mad. is Ocean's oh, 11. I'm so, oh. He's mad. Uh the Bernie Mac should have given it away. I I <laughs> the do Bernie not. I, yeah. Oh, dang that's it. rough. 
I'm right. stupid. That's a stupid guy one right there. It's okay. We're going to bounce back. But I will say, I think they get harder. So, oh, no. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I have a softball. Carter the made end. the game too hard for me. All right. I have a softball at the end. You'll enjoy. Maybe I should give it now. No, I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton. My first instinct was 80 for Brady, which is a number <laughs> movie and has two of those people. I don't think Dolly Parton is in it. Is it like nine to five or something? It is nine to five. Okay. <laughs> out of boy. But yeah, I would have also accepted 80 for Brady. 80 for Brady. <laughs> Dolly's not in it, but I would have accepted it. In spirit, it. she is, you know. Isn't she? And aren't we all? <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, next, we have Jessica Chastain, Jason Clark, Joel Edgerton. Ooh, this one's a sneaky one. I like Joel Edgerton too. Hmm. Yeah, I actually, when I went back, I did not remember that he was in this movie. Actually, the Jessica okay, Chastain so, is what you need to lo- lo- rely heavily on. Nothing like, is coming to mind right now. For Jessica how about Chastain. how about Chris Pratt? <laughs> now, okay. Now I'm in the issue where I'm realizing I confuse Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard up Fair. all the time. <laughs> that is a redhead. Um. Oh man, and Chris Pratt is in it. He's not in like anything. That should be easy for me. He's got a smallish role, I would say. Um. You want to want a little oh, description? No. Yes, please. Oh gosh. A chronicle of the decade-long hunt for Al-Qaeda terrorist leader Osama bin Laden. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. Is this... Oh, my God. All the war movies from, like, the 2010s just blur together. This is 20, 2012. Yes. Is it, like... I feel like the number is, like, 13 or something. It's not 13 hours. You're thinking of the John Krasinski movie. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of? Fuck. Maybe. Okay. Oh, Just the lowest number you can think of. Zero? Yeah. Oh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Atta boy. There's Would lower you... numbers, by the way. That's fair. You got me there. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, now... This one I consider to be the hardest one, but I just wanted to kind of fuck you one in there. So this pretty one... much for me, all of these have been fuck you, but that's on my that's on my end, you know. This this that's, one's that's not your fault. <laughs> this one's fun. Um the last one's the best one though. Don't okay. Worry. Uh this is number six, by the way. Uh Dwayne Johnson, Sean William Scott, Jessica Beal. And I'll give you a, a hint. This is an animated movie. Animated Dwayne Johnson. Yes. He's done Super Pets. <laughs> He's done... What a poll. What else has he done? That's animated. What? It's kind of a flip on a sci-fi concept. It's a flip on a sci-fi concept? Like a fun, cute f- kids flip. I have no idea. What's the the company? Do you know? That's a great question. It's not. Uh, it's probably not a Pixar movie. I, I don't think. No, this is uh, Ilion Animation Studios. That didn't give me anything. No. Um, <laughs> he plays an Earth astronaut who lands on an American suburbia circa 1950, 
But like, and oh, he tries to like, avoid capture by aliens. Is it like Area Fifty One or something like that? Is it like it's it's something close. like that? Yeah. Like Fifty Two. It's Planet Fifty One. Planet Fifty One. Okay. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Don't worry, we're gonna end on a banger. This one's gonna okay. Be good. <laughs> All right. All right. Last one. Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara. Fan four stick. Yeah. Yeah. Ending on a big one. Love it. God. Not bad. Well, not bad. That was pitiful, but you know, hey, if the you people got, were entertained, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You got nine to five. You got 40 year old virgin. You got there and you got fan to fantastic. That's fan good. Four stick. Fan four stick. Wonderful. Love it. Uh, <laughs> quick fantasy filmography update and then we can get out of here. How about it, Jackson? How about it? Uh, week 35 getting into the fall not a lot has changed actually from previous week jeff's in first david's in second carter's in third jackson in fourth brian in fifth cody in sixth matt in seventh and corbin in eighth only thing really going on is a haunting in venice uh, came out last weekend and let's go doing pretty good numbers for jackson so the race is wide open now no new releases on the table for us this weekend but Coming next weekend, then we're going to start to hit the ground running in the fall. So it's going to be a fun end to the race. And yeah, I'm excited. And season three will be coming at you a couple months. We're doing some prep for that. New fun stuff coming. So exciting. It's going to be good. And with that, Jackson, we're done. We did it. Woo-hoo. As we mentioned at the top, uh, where can the people follow us on Instagram and stuff like that? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod, or they can click our link tree, go to our newest episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, follow us there. Um, or also check out Film Yap, which is where we're platformed. Uh, they write some cool articles about uh, movies and TV and all sorts of upcoming stuff. So if you're, and it's obviously like pretty big uh, film festival stuff going on right now. So if like you're interested in some of that, I think Heartland in Indianapolis is doing some stuff. So if that interests you, go check out the stuff they're writing over there. It's pretty great. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter, which I believe is roughcut underscore co. Is yes, that it right? is. There Love we go. It. There you follow go. Follow us there. Do it. We'll post our Spotify links there. Sometimes some polls when we do drafts, things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So take a look out over there for as long as we have Twitter and we're not paying for it. Um, we'll keep posting tweets and I will not call them posts. They are tweets to me. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, check us out next week. We're going to have a fun special guest join us next week to talk Disney animated movie hall of fame. And boy, is that going to be something as we try to, uh, Narrow it down of the 61 animated Disney films <laughs> to 10 to put in the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a ride, and I'm excited. And I watched all of these movies, Jackson. I did it. So nice. get ready. So yeah, join us next week for that. And like us, follow us, all that jazz. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.